This is your host Peyton with Girls Gone Right. If you want to follow along with the video format, be sure to check us out on YouTube and hit subscribe. Let's discuss. Hey, this is Megan from Girls Gone Right. And this is Peyton, and we have my friend Jeremy with us today. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good. Great. We're so happy <laughs> to finally have you in here. Uh, a little background on Jeremy. So he was our resident videographer at Girls Gone Right <laughs> a few months ago. Contracted for one episode. <laughs> for one episode, he actually shot video footage from the Date Right Stuff interview. We actually had that in person in... I met Jeremy through work, and now we're really good friends. And yeah, he just came out and shot one day, so he did it one time, and things have changed. We have a new co-host, uh, Megan. So things have changed <laughs> since you've been here, and now we are a little more professional. A little bit. Setup looks great. Yeah, you don't Thanks. actually have to video record today. You actually get to like be, be on in it. it. Oh yeah. How on does camera. it feel to you climb the ladder? Yeah, no, behind the camera, the front of the camera is a lot of pressure. Honestly, I don't know. You guys are staying super calm it's right on. now, but yeah, yeah. Well, super calm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for everyone. Yeah. yeah so yeah. give us a little AKA bit ugly of. People. <laughs> <laughs> I went there. I did. I'm sorry. Sorry. It's only for ugly people. Is that what you said? It is a radio is for oh, ugly radio. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but also in case you don't like looking at our faces, you can watch this on Spotify. If you're listening to this on Spotify and you would like to see our faces. Check us out on YouTube because we actually have someone in studio and I yeah. feel like it's easier to follow our voices. Yes. Um, this one's identifiable because he's a man. So I yes. hope you can mm. tell his voice apart. I don't sound like you guys. Yeah. It's a Not little quite. different. Men, it's, it's we, we do like to say men and women are different. Yes. We really lean into that on this show. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Jeremy, <laughs> give us a little bit of background so people can know a little bit more about you. Yeah. I'm Jeremy Gruen. I'm 24. I'm from New York, New York, Upper West Side, Manhattan. Uh, I worked in the music industry for a lot. Peyton and I worked together for a little bit. And uh, I'm still considering my next venture. I think real estate might be it. I think it's the oh, way to nice. I think it's the way to really break out of the matrix. Yeah. So that's what's that's what's coming up. What did you do in the music industry? I managed songwriters, producers, and recording artists. Nice. So um I still do that. So it's a lot of fun. It's um, great. You know, music and entertainment in Hollywood has yeah. its issues, but mm -hmm. uh huh. You know, it's a little bit easier in Nashville, Tennessee. You I won't broke lie. out of Hollywood. I know. You made it to Nashville. You made it to the South. Yeah, I was so committed to moving here from Los Angeles. Thank God I only was there for a year and a half because it's kind of one of the worst places on earth. Maybe San Francisco is is close second or maybe top one, but LA is kind they're of pretty. They're pretty uh, hell on earth. Yeah, even yeah. So you were there for a year and a half, and was it the politics that pushed you out? I think a lot of the politics. I think there's a lot of uh, living issues there. Mm -hmm. Talk about high cost of living, um, highest gas tax, highest gas rate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, traffic is abysmal there. I mean, people in Nashville complain about traffic and it's, you know, maybe no. it takes an extra 10 minutes to yeah, get somewhere. Broadway traffic. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. I mean, I guess, okay, five o'clock on a Friday yeah. Yeah. is a little bit bad, but, but I'm sure it's not 10 like additional minutes. Like if something used to take 10 and now it's 20, but in LA, something could take 20 and with traffic, it takes like almost two hours. Mm -hmm. So the traffic is not really uh, comparable at all, but a lot of politics issues. I mean, it's... Politics? You're, you're saying you don't like Gavin Newsom? Yeah, I, uh, Shocked. I'm not attracted to him, you know, as a lot of the Democrats like to claim is that uh, if we don't like you, it's because we secretly want to sleep with you. That's what they say AOC. about AOC. And <laughs> Gavin Newsom seems to only be uh, someone who's relatively relevant because some random, you know, 30-year-old white women think he's hot. He know. looks like Christian Bale in American Psycho. 
He's giving me Dr. Seuss. So he looks like a character from Dr. Seuss from Cat in the Hat. Oh, he yeah. kind of does look like that, he's, actually. He seriously looks like, I think his name is Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, which oh. is Chris, Christian Bale. Patrick and, Bateman is uh, is a Chad. Yeah. So, not yeah, he's giving Newsom, Chad. He's giving Chad, yeah. But yeah, LA has a lot of issues. I mean, thankfully, the place that I lived in, I had a great apartment, great roommate, but the in maybe the four surrounding square blocks I had was very clean and mm-hmm. green. But you walk about two blocks anywhere in any direction and you're, it's, it, you think you're living in like a zombie movie or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Like the drugs, the Terrifying. homelessness, the encampments. I mean, can't even imagine like how that's possible in American like industrial capitalistic yeah. societies. Yeah. So really, really creepy. Yeah. yeah. Only in California, guys. So mm. you mentioned that you are getting into real estate to escape the matrix. And yeah. I love that you said the matrix because when I went to lunch with you and Michelle, we were talking about the matrix. Ah, and former, how and former how, guest, Michelle. Yeah, former yes. guest, Michelle, <laughs> reference there, guys. Um, but we had this conversation about escaping the matrix. Do you want to know what it is? And how this hustle culture is so toxic how are people doing this? I couldn't sleep at night when I was broke. I knew that everything was a lie. I knew the matrix was lying to me. And it's so self-serving in the sense, it, not even filling your purpose, but I guess it's driving something to a greater evil. And I like that you said escaping the matrix. So elaborate on that. Is yeah. that just like a general joke or is there some truth to escaping the matrix? Yeah, I think there's some truth to it, right? The I think people will define the matrix a little bit differently depending on what the scope of the conversation is. Yeah. The way that I like to think about the matrix uh, outside of a, you know, maybe like giant government psyop conspiracy level is more so just the idea of being trapped in, you know, a, let's say a boring like nine to five, be stuck in debt forever, um, because basically the government makes you pay for everything that doesn't actually benefit you. And then you're just kind of dependent on them for yeah. life. And, you know, you look at people who, I guess, live a life that is not uh, glued down to any particular like location or necessity of being anywhere. And, um, you know, those are the people that kind of flex their their wealth. And I don't know about, you know, doing that to a certain extent, like not being prideful about it, but just being mm-hmm. capable of, if I want to go somewhere, I will. If my wife wants to do something, she can. Um, not that I'm married, but mm-hmm. future wife. So he's, you're saying you're single. <laughs> yes, we are currently unmarried, but she's got to be a, got to be a woman of God. So and that was really go. rare in other places of the, of the country yeah. that I've lived in. Um, but yeah, so I think the nine to five is, uh, is really restricting. Um, and pretty much every, every like fortune 500 kind of person, or, or I guess these influencers, whether you like them or not, that are like big, uh, hyper-masculine men, they often talk about real estate as one of the easiest ways outside of maybe, uh, you know, getting things, out things that are things that are, I, I know a little bit less about. So I think um, it's a good way to uh, not work a nine to five and be like super flexible. And and any any job that you work that isn't strictly salary that you have an option for commission or or subsequent income is is truly the way to elevate uh, to another level, right? Yeah. Because um, just like getting a promotion every year and a half or two years, like that's that works for some people. It's just uh, I think uh, Type A people don't really want to don't really want to sit and just kind of wait around mm-hmm. for that. So Ryan that, Serhant, I don't know if you know who that is, or you know who that is. He's he's a real estate agent in New York City, and he was on that show, Million Dollar Listing, mm. and he's actually very intelligent and motivational. And he has his own YouTube channel. Shout out Ryan Serhant. He's <laughs> he's great, um, but he he talks about a lot of that, and he makes a lot of really great points about how you can be successful, not just in the profession that you want to go in, but just 
how to be successful in life, your profession, your job, your relationships, anything like that. So it's, it's interesting that you say that. Yeah, well, you're, yeah. as podcast host, your scope is not limited by anything, yeah. theoretically, right? So you record this on the time that you want to, mm-hmm. right? And the potentiality for your podcast to get to a certain level is, is, I mean, not limitless, like to the truest extent, but sure. it can, it can grow as much as, as you, as much effort as you kind of put into it. Yeah. Um, and that could be anything from, you know, uh, a hobby to a full-time, full-time gig, or, you know, you could be traveling the world interviewing yeah. guests and not just having little old me yeah. on the show. So. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is great conversation. And I like that we are starting with this because this is something that I've really been thinking about because I always thought that I was a corporate girly and I never wanted to have a job where it felt risky, especially being an entrepreneur and doing my own thing because it's so risky and I like that job security. Mm-hmm. But I've recently just come to the conclusion that there is no job security working for a corporate company. All these people are getting laid off. You go on LinkedIn, a lot of people are saying, looking for a job. I've just got laid off from my job that I've been at for five years. It's happening a lot. And you're not more safe because you work for a corporate company. In fact, you can get laid off tomorrow and they will replace you and hire someone at a lower rate or a lower salary. And it's so easy for them to do that. And I think there is more security in almost starting your own business because you have skin in the game. You are very invested in this because you are it's you are on the line. Like it's your financial freedom on the line. It's your future. You have so much that you're betting on. So it's almost like you have so much more incentive to work hard. And I think that it's more rewarding because you're creating something for yourself. Sure, that yeah. job that you're working at that is at a corporate company, that's always going to be there. But if you start your own career, your own company, you created something out of nothing. Yeah. Right. And, and you I can't think fire that's your, so cool. You can't fire yourself, right? Yeah. And corporations don't, I mean, they might claim that they care about their employees, but to what extent do they really do? I mean, you can be fired for being so good at your job that you cost them too much, or you can mm-hmm. be fired for being just not good at your job. Yeah. Um, you know, we have, we have friends that have been fired for almost, I mean, literally nothing. nothing. They have not yeah. been told a reason. And we can look at them and be like, wow, they ex- they've excelled. Yes. They've done really well. So much so that maybe their boss was kind of threatened by how well they did. And so didn't want to have to deal with that. Yes. So I think working for yourself uh, is is incredible. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't, I have nothing against someone who just really needs the stability and wants to raise a family off of a stable income. There's, yeah. there's no issue for me there. Um, I do think that if you're young and don't have any dependents, so to speak, or even if you're a little bit older, but you still think that there's an opportunity for you to excel in an industry or in a, in a business that uh, maybe is not uh, dependent on some, I mean, not necessarily a corporate overlord, maybe government overlord, then, yeah. um, then you should, you should take that opportunity while you can. And I definitely don't have any dependents, no kids. Cause you know, no kids at a wedlock and I'm not married. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so. I think that's a good thing about kind the of second almost, plug of him being single ladies. <laughs> yes. He's really plugging it up, but I think that's, a benefit to being young and not having a family at the moment. Like I do want a family. I do want to get married. But I think one of the benefits of where I am in life right now is that I have so much room for error in the sense that if I want to leave my job and start something completely different, I can. And it doesn't really have a big impact on my life because I'm not providing for anyone but myself. So I have that extra room to fail. And to me, that's so exciting because I don't want to work at a corporate company. I don't want to be working for anyone else. And I do want to take a risk on myself. And now I'm like looking back, 
just reflecting on my life where I currently am, I'm like, this is, you'll never have this opportunity again. Hopefully in five years, I'm married with kids and I'm not going to be able to do what I'm about to do because it's going to affect all of my family's lives and their livelihood. So you're just at this point in your life where you're young enough, you're old enough to know what you want to do, but you're young enough to like, you have that room for failure. And I think that is so cool because you can really just try different things. You can quit your job. You can try real estate. You can find what you really love. And I have not really appreciated that because a few years ago, I was just hustling for a corporate world and I wanted a corporate job. And I would never, a few years ago, I'm like, I think in my past relationship, I even told him, because I'm like, I never want to go out and start my own thing. Like I'm corporate, like there's so much job security and I was so for that. And now I'm just at a place in my life where I'm like, I don't want that. I want freedom. And I think true, true wealth is being able to just do whatever you want when you want and create your own schedule and determine what your trajectory is. Because at a company, you have no idea what's going to happen next. You can work your ass off and expect a five-year plan and like, oh, I'm going to get promoted. I'm going to be a manager and you will never get that. It's, it's never not promised. guaranteed. It's yeah, not, it doesn't matter yeah. how hard you work. And I think when you work for yourself, you can guarantee something by working that hard. And when you work for yourself and you don't have a plan B, that's when I feel like a lot of people find success yes. in what they want to do because always they're- always plan B. But I think if you only have a plan A and you're being an entrepreneur, that plan A is going to work because there is no backup plan, which is kind of what I'm doing right now. Like I don't have a backup plan. This is the plan and I'm going to work as hard as possible because it has to work. There is no, oh, if this doesn't work, I'm just going to go get another corporate job. Like, no, this will work because I'm going to make it work. Yeah. I think Jordan Peterson talks about this and I'm sure there are a couple other psychologists, but I remember Jordan having a podcast episode where he talks about not having a plan B. Yeah. Um, and essentially you, you never put a hundred percent into a, if you always think that there's something else to fall back on. So yeah. I think this idea of, Oh, I'm going to get a college degree just in case, right. My dad used to tell me, mm-hmm. you just want to make sure you graduate so that you have a degree in case something happens mm-hmm. in whatever world that you're in. Like you still have something. Cause I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Like I wanted to go into the music industry since I was really young. That doesn't really require any sort of degree. Although what job really does outside of maybe Anymore, doctor, yeah. lawyer, and Nothing. maybe mechanical <laughs> engineer. Yeah, I don't need a don't need a gender studies degree to, yeah. you know, it's email marketing. But, Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that, that was something that my dad always used to uh, kind of push for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't necessarily agree with that. I felt like the the backup plan means like there's always an excuse to not do something yeah. to the fullest, yeah. right? Um, but now my dad, you know, has kind of come around and said, I wish that I, I didn't uh, feel stuck when I was, you know, single and divorced with you uh, of, of just making sure I had job security because now yeah. my dad is in a place where he's actually thinking about going off on his own business-wise. That's amazing. Wow. Don't wanna, actually, I don't know if I'm calling him out. So hopefully his go employer down. doesn't hopefully, look, go hopefully down, his employer doesn't look well, at this. But. <laughs> I think that, you know, I said always have a plan B. I think what I meant was uh, being extremely smart and tactical about how you approach this plan A. Yeah. Uh, or or the plan that you, you've set up for yourself or that you want to pursue is, you know, some people that want to start a business, they need to be able to have something that they're doing currently before they just pour everything in there. They need to be smart about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, make sure that you have a job that you can lean on to finance or to fund that yeah. new business that you want to create. And then once you get in a place where you can walk away from that, you're on the journey into that plan that you've created for yourself. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's not this I, this uh, Gen Z idea of just like manifesting yeah. a business. Yeah, yeah. You yes. have to be prepared yes. financially or like work ethic. Like you have to be, you have to have yeah. built up a certain level of character or, yes. or like financial stability in order to do that. Yeah, not advocating anyone just quit their job yeah. tomorrow with sure. no plan because 
whatever plan A is, is going to work out. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not the idea. No, it's about doing it with wisdom. And I, I kind of related to what you said about your dad wanting to go off and start something because my dad was a single dad for a while. After my parents got divorced when I was two, he was living a single dad life, hustling and doing what he needed to do. And now he's almost, you know, in his late 50s. And we talk about this all the time. He wants to find his purpose. Mm -hmm. And me and my dad are really tight. Like we'll have heart to hearts and he just gets me. And he, like what I'm doing right now with this podcast, he's in full support of it. And he's like, I'm so happy that it feels like you found your purpose because I want to be able to find my purpose. And he's my biggest cheerleader. And he always tells me he wants to be involved in this. He gives me ideas for the podcast and he's very involved. Like if he sees something, he will send it to me. He will be out in public. And he is my biggest marketer because he will tell oh. everyone about this podcast. He's such a cheerleader. And now he's like, if there was any way, like I want to be able to help you with this because I feel like I'm almost closer to my purpose and I missed out on that. And he's like, I don't know what happiness is necessarily. Like in the big sense, I get it. It's family, it's marriage, it's having a child. But I feel like I'm missing something maybe more because I got caught up in the hustle because I was always trying to provide. And his dad, my grandpa, passed away recently. And my grandpa, his like last, like the last conversation I had with him, he was just basically like, you can't take money with you when you go. And life goes by so fast because my grandpa worked his whole life. Like he was on the Mm -hmm. railroad. He was working in a prison as like a deputy sheriff. Uh, So he worked a lot. He worked crazy hours. And he's like, I provided for my family my whole life. And I, instead of getting able to spend time with my family, I missed out on that. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be able to do that in retirement. And I got sick and it ended early and he never got that. So he practically just worked his whole life and he felt like he missed out on all the good things. All the things that you work for, he didn't get because you just focus on that one thing. So basically his last conversation, he was just like, you can't, like memories are just, everything's just a memory in the end. And that was like something that sticks with me now. And it's changed a lot of how I'm doing things because that was a few months ago. Now I've just completely changed my outlook because you don't want to live your life like that. And you don't want to hustle and grind away because you work for something. And sometimes people get so caught up in the work that the things you're working for, you never get to experience because you're so caught up in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another element of the matrix is making money for the sake of, having money when you're 65 and mm-hmm. your back kind of hurts a little bit. So you can't really experience the things you want to yeah. do. You can't go skydiving or just take a random trip somewhere where you might have a health risk. So you can't actually go on the plane yeah. or any of these things, right? The idea of, of uh, succeeding early on in life, which, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have that spirit is because you want to be able to experience the things at the right time where you can maximize those experiences, yeah. especially with other people, right? Doing those things on your own never feels as good. People will always ask you psychologically how good it feels when you do something for yourself versus someone else. And it's almost universal. I mean, unless you're a super selfish narcissist. So like doing things with your significant other or with your family, with your friends, those are, those experiences are way more impactful and being able to do that when you're physically healthy and capable. Yeah. So the idea of, uh, of working just so that you can retire on that money, like that's not really a life worth living in my opinion. So it's the government scam. Yeah. Like work hard now. You're going to be able to retire. You have a 401k. We'll take care of you. They don't. No. The 401k is something that you can't trust. People, you don't always make it to 65 and not everyone's lucky enough to be 65 and live in retirement and live a healthy life and be taking care of their grandkids. That's not always the case. And you get caught up in this grind because it's what your culture tells you to do. And that is so scary. That's such a toxic trait. I think and, it's, it's, sorry, to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, 
I think living in the South, and I'm I'm from Alabama. Birmingham. Birmingham. <laughs> I have noticed, especially as I get older, Southerners have a tendency to do what they think that they're supposed to do in life, which might be like go to college right out of high school, then get married, then have kids, and then do this and that and that. And there's nothing wrong with that and having that nuclear family. But I think relationships can um, deteriorate when people focus too hard on making sure that they've got this retirement package that they can live off of when they actually retire and they support their family. Whereas it's not a bad thing to work really hard to support your family, but you have to maintain a balance or else your relationships are going to suffer because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tale as old as time is like the dad is never around because he yeah. makes millions and, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the kids are not particularly like happy or yeah. if anything, they're a little bit more degenerate without the father around, yeah. right? Yeah. Without the masculine presence at home. So exactly. that's huge. Yeah. You know, and thank, thank God my, my dad was always around. Yeah. Like seriously, even with divorce, also at two yeah. years old. Yeah. He was, he was always around. So that's so yeah. important. My dad too, he always made it so important to go on family vacations and make memories. And that was always yeah. a big thing with our family. But I think like you said, especially in the South, we have this idea of what's supposed to look like, what we're supposed to do. And we're afraid to go out and do something that's not traditional. Like, yes, it's not always accepted to go out and start your own business. Parents are going to be like, oh, I don't know if you should do that. That's like really scary. Maybe you just go work a corporate job and that's safer. But is it safer? And also long-term, I don't, I think starting your own thing is so much more valuable in so many ways because it's not just about money. It's about so much more. It's, it's about flexibility. Yeah. Are you going to find purpose because your parents are telling you that you need to go work a corporate job because it's safer, but ask them how happy they are when, because my dad works a corporate job and he likes his job, but he feels like he's always been missing something. It's enjoyment and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And the moment that you don't feel fulfilled in whatever you're doing, I, I think it's okay to walk away from that. Yeah. Well, more people should hopefully be in the position to do that. Unfortunately, they, yeah. they might not be, but yeah. that's the idea of, finding a, a job or a role that fulfills your financial necessities while also filling your, filling maybe your, your purpose. The, yeah. the reason that you wake up in the morning, because waking up in the morning just to make 50, 60 grand a year at a job that sucks is, is just not, yeah, it's just not conducive to like a healthy lifestyle. And you know, that's kind of what on the flip side, like that's what my mom has done basically her whole life is yeah. just, she wanted to be a lawyer, had me too young. Right. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm blessed to be here, but you know, and then just, yeah. you know, my mom is, is awesome and she's super, uh, around present and around and thankfully has a job that allows her to be home as well for my younger siblings now. Um, but I know that she doesn't do a job that she likes doing. And so yeah. when I see her up at seven 30, just like take a client call that, and where she's like miserable, I'm like, yeah, I could, I can never do that. Yeah. Never. You're sacrificing a lot. And I think also being able to step out of something that's not traditional and starting your own business or taking a risk on doing something that you really love and you have this fear that it might not work out. It's that fear that holds us back, that fear of failure, mm-hmm. of what will people think of me? What will my family mm-hmm. think of me? How will I provide? What am, am I just going to regret this in five years? And this is something that has like pushed me to do a lot of things because I moved to Nashville and I moved to on that mindset, when I thought about it, I'm like, I don't want to miss an opportunity and say no to something because in five years, you will look back at saying no. I'm not going to look back in five years and regret saying yes to doing something that I would not know how that would turn out. What if I'm me? I would have never met you. There's so many things. 
God and forbid. I'm more important. <laughs> but, but I do think that there, uh, to me, in my mind, I would much rather say yes and know what's going to happen versus saying no and look back in five years and always wonder because that would eat me alive. And I yeah. think you will, everything happens for a reason. And I'm fully, I fully believe that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm, I am where God called me to be. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that true in the things that are happening in your life. Like, how is your walk with God? Do you feel close to him? Do you feel like you're close to purpose? And that's not, I guess, what you're doing in life, like your job and stuff, but how do you feel in your faith? Do you feel close to God? And I see that in things like meeting people like Megan, you meet people. And I'm like, I know I was supposed to meet her. I know I'm supposed to be here doing this right now. And had I said no, I wouldn't have been able to experience this. Mm -hmm. So it's saying yes to those things. And when I see, when other things trickle in my life, it's almost like that validation. Although we don't need it, it is comforting knowing I do think that I chose the right thing, although it's scary. And although maybe it's not, if I stayed at where I was, maybe I would have been more financially secure or maybe I would have just been higher up in my career. But I don't know. I just don't think that that gets you to where you need to go in life. Getting that promotion isn't going to get you to your purpose. Yeah, it's only things that you can reflect on looking back. And you do, as I, I like the way that you put that, you sort of get little glimpses of this idea, like this is what was supposed to happen. Like every time I got passed up for a job that I thought I was really good at, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, I really thought I should have gotten that. Yeah. I really thought I would have done that job well. And mm-hmm. then I look back at the job that I did get subsequently and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I actually got that job instead, right? And yeah. all the people that I met and the places that it took me. And I think these are moments where you can, uh, where you kind of dance that line of uh, of like, your, your free will versus like your predetermination from God. And it doesn't, it doesn't, I, I'm not afraid of that at all. You know, I, I, I believe in this idea of uh, multiple, multiple paths where, that your life can take based on yeah. your choices. And yeah. I also, uh, further conversation about like soulmates is like, I don't believe in one. I believe in like a few based on yeah. your like free will life choices. So there's a couple of people. Oh, that I are like this good, take. There's a couple of people that are good out there for Ooh. you, like your soulmates. Um, you're not only meant for one, you'd only get led to one because God did give us free will. And so you can choose to move to A or B or take job A or B. And uh, there was someone waiting on the end of that. And the question is like, which one did you take? And neither is maybe hopefully not the incorrect decision. I just think that these are uh, open possibilities. Like the the idea of God knowing what you're going to choose without uh, is, is not like, uh, antithetical to the idea of you like having yeah. free will, right? It's like if I know that you're yeah. uh, allergic to chocolate and I put vanilla and chocolate in front of you, like and I know you're going to choose vanilla, that doesn't mean that you didn't have the choice to choose it. Yeah. You just chose it. Yeah. Anyway, and I just knew that. And that's kind of how I like view that conversation about like your free will and and like God's knowledge of it. His um, is it that's omnipotence? So interesting. Is that that's very interesting? Is that the so. all knowing? I think no, so. I, I get confused between the all all strength and all and all knowing. Yeah. Well, I actually but. can relate to that so much because I choosing your paths and then like being disappointed in something that you may that may have not worked out or you didn't get. Like I was, I worked for this company, a group fitness company that shall not be named because I don't want to give them any attention. <laughs> but I'm still a little bitter about it. Uh, but go woke, go broke, basically. Um, <laughs> Target. They just, target. yeah, it's Target, Light. Bud Light, <laughs> Target, Disney. North Face. All of them. Uh, they let go of a bunch of amazingly talented individuals for no reason. Wow. At all. And um, I was angry because the reason wasn't good enough. And it really put me in a dark place where I was like, I thought I thought that this was what I was going to be doing for a long time. And then it was taken away from me just like that. 
with no explanation whatsoever. And it took me a long time to kind of like build myself back up and realize like, hey, you're still extremely talented. You still have a lot of potential. Find something else to put that into and fuel it to where you can succeed. So that's if that happens to you, just know it's not over. <laughs> that's what happens. And it happens a lot. It's happened to me. When you put validation or you you put that need for validation from an outside source, like a job or a person, you will be left disappointed because those things that are physical, tangible, they can be taken away so quickly. Yes. Right. And that leaves you feeling some type of way because that was your source of validation. You needed that. And you have to put that in God, in your religion, yes. because that's not something that can be taken away. You're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and God's not going to be there. God will always be there for you. Yes. But when you put that in a job and you get laid off tomorrow morning, there goes everything that you get your positive feelings from or what you think you get your positive feelings from, that validation, that sense of security. My sense of security does not come from my job. That can be taken away tomorrow and it's not going to make me feel like I'm not secure. I feel secure because I trust the path that I have with God. And I know that if I lose my job tomorrow, God's got me. Yes. I'm not supposed to be there. If I yeah. get fired tomorrow, I'm that's fine because that's God telling me I have something else for you. Exactly. And Love I'm that. going to walk with that. But I think people get so caught up in these things and having a nice house and being popular and going out and having all these nice, tangible things. And that's fine to some extent. It's just stuff. But it's just stuff. And when that gets taken away, there goes that thing that you needed to feel. And if, I just think that that's what we are seeing in our society is people are putting that validation. They need that from something else. It's approval. And, Everyone's seeking approval mm -hmm. and they want validation, like you said, but they're always seeking that approval from outside sources that at the end of the day, it doesn't freaking matter. Doesn't matter. You don't know that person on the other side of Instagram that's looking yeah. at your stuff and liking your photo because yeah. you posted, you know, your Dior bag and your story or something like that. It's just no one cares. No one genuinely cares. Yeah. I mean, this is the one concern about uh, like significant self improvement and breaking out of the matrix and having like yeah. an extreme breaking level of, out of the matrix. <laughs> an, extreme, an extreme level of of success is is uh, you know there's there's limits to these things when it comes to. Uh, a healthy outlook on it. And so the idea of making money is not to throw it at a, you know, Lamborghini or to like to throw it on a, on a boat, just to have a bunch of like, you know, unhealthy people around you. And, exactly. and like the, the, the pleasures of life that are um, not exactly healthy ideas, like whether it's, you know, drugs or any sort of these other things. So the idea of success is, is definitely has its like limitations this is like the one one of the few things that I have uh, as an issue when it comes to like this whole, I guess if you want to call it the manosphere, the red pill movement is just about like extreme hyper success. Yeah. Um, is that a lot of the activities that those same people engage in are things that, uh, you know, are kind of antithetical to their, to the way that they preach about, um, you know, living like along the path of God. Right. Yeah. So, you know, sleeping with a bunch of different women, just like, because you can. Yeah. Um, and like, buying multiple properties in like a bunch of different places. Andrew and Tate. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for a lot of the good takes he has, I mean, there, there's, there's some that he's even walked back on some of them. So, um, and there's a couple of different people in the manosphere that have since have also kind of, um, sort of detracted from their previous like lifestyle choices. Um, while still, while still advocating for, yeah, go to the gym, like make money so that you can support 
your wife. The idea of like retiring your wife is something that I think is like beautiful. It's like, she can work if she wants to, but if she wants to retire, I'll retire her. I was like, wow. I think it was Justin Waller who said that. Controversial Manosphere figure, but I love that idea. I, I was actually, like, damn. That's very respectable. And I think the way a relationship should be is a man is going to work. And if the woman wants to work, sure, but it should be doing something that brings you joy because one man should be hustling, making the money and have to worry about that because it's either one, the man is going to do it or you guys are both going to do it. And I think only one person should bear that burden because it is a lot. And when you have a family, all these other needs need to be met. Right. So to be able to do that for someone like, hey, I'm going to carry the stress of this because I love you and I can, and I know that that's my duty, but you carry, there's other things. It's not like you're, you have no purpose or you have nothing else to carry. There is, but it's outside of that. Yeah. I think this idea connects to what we were just talking about before, which is you want to have purpose in, in what you do, especially if it's financially mm-hmm. uh, driven, if, if, it's, if it's your career. So if you're in the position where like you don't have to work because of the position that I've put our family in, mm-hmm. that means that the passion that you decide to pursue, which may or may not make money, is something that you don't have to fear, like won't work out. Or mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you're secure in like a 25 an hour type of type of role. If you want to volunteer at an animal shelter and eventually that turns into business. Oh, that's like awesome. But if it doesn't, and it's just for your passion, your hobby, something that like brings fulfillment to your heart, then that's great because like, you're not financially stuck. Cause I got you kind of thing. Yeah. So that was something Base that, take. yeah, it was something that, well, it. something that Justin said for sure that I, uh, that I, yeah, a lot of these ideas that a lot of the people claim are their own now on these podcasts are just things that they've heard from similar podcasters. So yeah, I'll give credit where it's due. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And I like that you said this heightened success because I see this a lot on my feed and I'm not even searching for these things, but it's these reels talking about mad motivation and how to get that money, how to become extremely, extremely wealthy very quickly. And it's, you know, these people also just trying to get views and shares and whatnot, but it glamorizes this toxic, nasty hustle culture that doesn't focus on anything else. And I just think when you put your eyes on the biggest prize of becoming the most successful, you miss out on so many other beautiful things in life. That's great to have drive and success. We're very driven and that is really important. But when you become heightened to it, that means like you're not seeing anything else. Everything else is just your visions in it's one place vision. only. Yeah, you have tunnel vision for success. It's like there's so many other beautiful things that you're missing out on life. Like I want to be successful. I want to make money, but I'm also taking my time doing it because there's so many other things in life that I want to experience while becoming successful. Yeah, I mean, this is the potential hypocrisy that the red pill guys will attack like OnlyFans women for, but then at the same time, they're, they're basically just doing the same concept in reverse. Like the OnlyFans women will make a bunch of money doing uh, very, let's say, inappropriate or crude behavior. But a lot of them will say, well, this is to set up my family for the future. Like this is so that, you know, when I have kids, like they don't have to, they're not worried about paying for college or, yeah. you know, in case my husband leaves me or something, like I can still support my children or something. And the men that make all, all of this money on in, in sort of the, the manosphere world, maybe their business practices are more quote unquote ethical, maybe not so much depending on who, but then- because they make all that money, they'll just go sleep with a bunch of different women. So it's like, so their actions are are also like just, it's kind of the reverse path where they, both people just end up doing uh, like sexual promiscuity and making mm-hmm. a bunch of money. And yeah. they just do it in the reverse idea, in the reverse uh, pathways. So there's a little bit of a hypocrisy there. And I think some some people have been calling it out. Um, 
And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think that pursuing a money means like just, just do it and absolve yourself of the responsibility of your moral compass um, so that eventually you can be a more like pious individual. Like this is not the, yeah. this is not the idea here. Yeah. Yeah. I, so you mentioned the OnlyFans. What is your perspective? If a woman says that she has an OnlyFans, but she's doing it to provide for her family, she wants to put this in the bank and be able to provide, and this is for her future family. And that's why she's doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that we would ever uh, attempt to excuse this in, in, other, you know, questionable business practices. If someone, if a male came to me and said he was selling fentanyl so that he could set up his family, right? I would never approve of that. So, <laughs> right. you know, I, I, yeah. I see the same thing when it comes to OnlyFans. And I guess like people are like, oh, well, the the drug, you know, the drug user will get drugs anyway from someone else. So I might as well, right? This is the yeah. argument of OnlyFans models. Well, people are watching porn anyway, so I might as well, uh, people are objectifying me anyway, so mm -hmm. I might as well do it. And it's like, well, I, I don't know about you, but I, uh, I just because other people are, using drugs doesn't mean that I want to be enabling it and selling it and yeah. potentially, uh, it's the moral you know, compass. compromising my, yeah, compromising yeah. my soul yeah. for this. So, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely not something that I would ever consider in a girlfriend or a wife. And I don't know how, I mean, other than feminism, I don't know how like this idea has been like how people have been convinced that this is some so sort of appropriate like career. too. You know, like a lot of women think that maybe in a hard place where like it's good money, it's fast money. I can support my kids. I can put food on the table. So I'm just going to go take my clothes off. I mean, the premise of it, I understand, but like the excuse of, well, I don't have an education. Well, I don't have a car. There's a bus. There's a shower. You know, go to McDonald's. I mean, most of the... You know, it, go get a job at Walgreens. I don't know the exact percentage of this even, but isn't it something of like some of the most successful people in the world do not have college educated degrees. Like, yeah. isn't that, so Facts. what does that even mean? Like I'm not educated, you know, I don't yeah. know. Like, and, uh, and, and not having a car. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess if you live in, you know, random ass Topeka, Kansas or something, well, sorry, I don't know. I don't need to <laughs> dig on Topeka, but if you live in somewhere where there isn't public available transportation, yeah. maybe I can understand that yeah. argument. Although if you make enough for you know, if you make at least I would imagine 20, it's relatively cheap to live in Topeka. Yeah. And if I, you make twenty dollars a day, you can probably Uber both ways to yeah. wherever you're going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this uh this is this is definitely uh this is definitely something where you kind of look at it and you think, well, uh I don't need to compromise on my entire moral value just yeah. to make yeah. fast money. The idea of fast money is also like something that used to be shamed. It used to be if you were a pimp or a drug dealer or you know, Andrew Tate Cam. Yeah, dirty Cam money. Girl thing, right? Dirty call money. It. Right, right. Old, like the old money versus new money thing. I mean, and it's 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 questionable even when some, I mean, it's, I, I would, I would rag on any man who also tries to do these things, right? This yeah. is not like a, this is not a, um, only the OnlyFans women are at fault specific. here. Yeah, it's not gender specific. If you're doing a job that compromises your value and your integrity, then, um, you know, this is something that we, I mean, deserves a, a, at least criticism, if not actual overt shame. But, you know, we don't live in a shame, yeah, uh, acceptable society anymore. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't shame me because <laughs> no like shame. it's not your life; it doesn't affect you. And it's like, well, if you're going to be my wife, it would probably affect yeah, me. Yeah, we so. are. Yes. We we do state that we shame, and the OnlyFans thing is interesting because there was some study out there saying that these women that are on OnlyFans they make so much money, but they're extremely depressed. Yes, and they are the most successful people on OnlyFans and they feel so depressed. And it's because I wonder why. Okay, so money's not always happiness. Money is a vehicle, but it's not happiness. And again, this is like where we get, it's not even the issue of 
porn. It's not the issue of drugs. It's not the issue of being addicted to, to social media. It's the issue of people seeking pleasure and purpose and just, I guess, like validation from outside sources. And yes. this is what we're seeing. It's not, it, these things are just how we see it. They are symptoms, but it's not actually what's wrong with society because it goes much deeper. People just needing that that biological need and they're getting it from something very quickly. Yeah. It's not actually filling that biological need, but it's like that temporary fix. Yeah. It's the band-aid to feel that way. It hits on at least like three of the seven deadly sins, I think. So yeah. <laughs> pride, greed, lust, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least, yeah. if not more. Yeah, and I think that that's what we're seeing. And obviously it's because we are have the the absence of God in our culture. Yeah. Because God gives you all these things that you are looking for, all these things that you are looking for in outside sources, all these things that you're looking for in your career, all these things that you're finding in social media and in sex. You can find all that in God. Yes. But you're using all of these toxic things to get there. Like, okay, how about instead of doing all these things that make you feel like a shitty person, you just turn to God? Yeah. Well, it's, we're not. Yes, yeah, I mean, if we're not, if we're not constantly uh, living in a society where God is promoted or even valued, then I don't even blame people for not even being able to like recognize like Him like being yeah. there, right? Um, we just, if anything, we like shame religious people, right, in our in our culture. So I think it's it's really hard for someone Gen Z to be born and be like, oh yeah, like I really love God. God is everywhere. I just turn to Him if I need anything, right? Because uh, now we just turn to our screen if we need something. Yeah, just order yeah. it on Amazon if we need it or. Whatever. So I think it's really hard to, it, I mean, my favorite music artist, uh, John Bellion talks about this. He's specifically referencing LA, um, like obviously as a place for a bunch of music artists to, to end up or, or to go. Um, and he says like, I'm dropped off in the land where the artists play. He's speaking about Los yeah. Angeles, where God's way is the hardest way. This is what oh, he says. Yeah. Because in, in that society, in, in some of these major cities, I mean, there really is like no I don't even know how there's anybody religious who like lives there. And I have Jewish family that does live there and they live an incredibly beautiful life. And I'm so envious of it. Cause I don't know how they don't falter or how they don't, yeah. how they don't like have any temptations. Yeah. Temptations. Yeah. I mean, I guess their community is just so strong, but yeah. living there for a year and a half, I just like, yeah, it's, it's so incredibly difficult to do it there. And then I just imagine like, if you're pretty much in anywhere else where you didn't grow up particularly religious, right. This is mm-hmm. always the like, yeah, I'm. I, I was born Christian, but I don't. But you don't. Practice. I don't really go to. Yeah, practice. they're like, but I don't go to church though. It's like it's like it's like a big. So you're not. <laughs> it's such a negative thing to like have yeah. gone to church. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I I was born Jewish, but like, yeah. Don't, trust me, I don't like go to synagogue or anything. It's yeah. Like, why is it such a? Why is it shameful? Yeah. Why is it like? Yeah, we're shaming like the worst. <laughs> we're shaming like such a good thing, and then yeah. we're like not shaming like, like oh, terrible things. I remember when it was cool to go to church. Yeah. Oh my god, I used to say like if I was Christian. That uh, I would my, like, I would want like my wife to be like the dad is like the pastor. Like I want to be, yeah. yeah. Like I want to be. You want to date the the pastor's I want to date daughter. the pastor's daughter for sure. Aww. Like I just want to be like. Daughter. I want them to bring me to church. Like yeah, hundred percent. Are like, you sure you're not from Alabama? I know, right? <laughs> That's like a stereotypical, like super southern thing. I love that. <laughs> I just think it's adorable, and I think it it's is. so wholesome and like it is just There's like the community good, orientation that like the these pureness. southern yeah the community orientation that these like southern cities have, whether you see it in movies or TV shows or yeah. they're actually real life. Like, I think it's so, so beautiful. It's a feel-good scenario right? and it's a yeah. feel-good scenario for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Where like everyone knows each other and they're all 
you know, one one of the dads is like the sports dad for like the whole town and yeah. he's kind of looked up to, right? And then you have like the mom who's like runs the baking contest. Like, yes. I, I just think that that's like- that's what Jeremy wants. <laughs> yeah. He needs to move to a small town lady. Yeah. Yeah. He's looking for a small town girly. Small, small town girl, small town, wants the preacher's but daughter. really big family though. Yeah. Big like fan. four kids minimum. I think that is the answer. I'm like, that's yeah. all I want in life is to create, raise the next generation. That's what we should be focusing on. And I think that's so cool to be able to do that, to start your own family, to build your own life that is not dependent on any of these external yeah. things. That you can go out and do this on your own and build that purpose without needing anything else externally. Yeah, That's, That is like what should be considered cool. It shouldn't be an OnlyFans. It shouldn't be searching for extreme success and extreme wealth. The real wealth is building a family, getting to spend time with your family. And it's the wholesome stuff. Yeah. I mean, people lose sight of the idea of money is for the experiences that you share. Yeah. Like I said before, right? You don't take the money with you. Mm. We don't take anything with us really other than our actual soul. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, literally. Yeah. So I wouldn't compromise on that one thing that I actually get to keep forever, which is my soul. And then, you know, the, I mean, maybe you take your memories with you. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works. Obviously none of us do, but if you do, then I would probably put all my money into memory like experiences yeah. with, with other people. Yes. Right? So yeah. 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 Hot take from a Jew. A hot take. Love it. <laughs> no, this was really good. It, it was not, great. Guys, we actually were going to talk about Western women, but I, I love, love that, this direction that we went yeah, in. Yeah. It completely pivoted. And I think that this was just so much more meaningful. Yes. Also, it's just something that I've been really thinking on too. And ever since we had that conversation, I'm like, dang, I've never seen the matrix, <laughs> but now I'm going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm going to watch it. We need a live, a I'm live gonna viewing party. I'm going to tape your eyeballs <laughs> open and we're going to, but I talk about I'm the matrix all the time. Like I have this seen girl. It. We need a live viewing party. This is why yeah. I'm here. <laughs> live viewing party of actually watching the matrix because I, feel like I've heard it in so many references. That's why I talk about it. So I am okay. going to watch that's it. That's where the red pill the and the next, blue pill literally come from. That's, that's literally yeah. going to oh be the next gosh. one. Oh my gosh. Okay, guys. That's it. I'm watching the freaking Matrix. All right. Yeah. yeah. We're watching it. The next we're watching it cancelable in Dallas. Guys. Or on, on the plane. <laughs> on I'm going the plane. To, <laughs> yes. I'm going to watch this. Camera crew set up on the plane. Yeah. 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 <laughs> watch live streaming the Matrix. But I think that it's so relevant in today. Whatever is in the Matrix, I think that the meaning of it, escaping this toxic pull to do things that don't serve you. And it's like, we lose sight of everything so important to us and everything so meaningful. So I like that this conversation went in that direction because I think a lot of people need to hear it. A lot of people need to be reminded of this yeah. because if you don't see it, you kind of, you know, like the conservative movement, if you don't see these values and morals being pushed out on your on social media, you kind of like lose sight of it because you're seeing everything else. So it's like, if you don't see it, it's almost like, you kind of lose it a little bit. You kind of just lose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to, you don't personally need to be called out, but I do think that some of these ideas need to be called out for you to self-reflect. And yes. I think a yes. lot of these ideas, whether it comes to like men and women and OnlyFans and relationships, or if it comes to like God, faith, Christianity, or whatever you, whatever religion you're a part of, like sometimes you honestly just need someone else to talk about these ideas. And then all of a sudden you start to reconsider the way that you thought before. I mean, that's, I mean, I know that you were kind of a, a lib in college. We've, we've spoken about this and mm -hmm. I think, I think most people can probably relate to that. And I think I was kind of just like an unknowing lib, yeah. you know, not like particularly didn't really care either way. Mm -hmm. But when I did start to find ideas from people that are, were more like on the right, then 
I just started to identify with those things more and be like, well, how do I actually think about this? Mm -hmm. But I would have never actually reconsidered any of those ideas if someone wasn't talking about it, which is why I think podcasts, YouTube shows, or um, even just like reading news is like really important so that it makes you reevaluate. Jeremy, you're so based and you're you're so good having these deep conversations. Yeah. This was just... For me personally, I think this was such a useful conversation. I agree. In a sense, it was things that I've been feeling. Yes. And I just Are needed to therapist? say it out loud. Yes. You know, my stepmom, <laughs> Jody, would like me to be a psychologist, <laughs> but uh, that that takes so much more schooling, and I would go I into know. debt. And we're not trying. We're giving to, very Jordan Peterson. We don't want to jump know. back into the matrix, but no. uh, yes. I guess if I could be a you know for hire psychologist, that wouldn't be illegal yes. by not like passing some <laughs> sort of exam. An illegal psychologist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you just want to. Not certified or licensed. $30 Venmo Psychology for a quick for $30 chat. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I'll give you a phone call. Everything's under the table. It's not legal. It's all cash. My cash business. Yeah. Straight cash. Bitcoin only. <laughs> like, only crypto. Dogecoin. <laughs> only crypto. Well, Jeremy, it was so good to have you on. Yeah. And finally have you on Girls Gone Right 2.0, not the videographer. And being yeah, able to have in a front of the camera. Yeah. Well, this was awesome. This is yeah. a great Thanks conversation. So and uh, we can definitely talk about some more. Yeah. Uh, juicy yes. Western women conversations yeah. at another guys, point. Guys, next but. time we're actually going to stay on topic and hit Western <laughs> women, but I hope that you guys enjoyed talking about the matrix and hopefully you guys could relate to some of this. If you like this content, share it to a friend, share it to your mom or your dad or whoever. Cousin. Uh, <laughs> your yeah. brother. Your sister. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to Girls Gone Right. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Girls Gone Right. Be sure to check us out on YouTube to watch the video format and check us out on Instagram at Girls Gone Right.